Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 527. Just do what you love and the rest will come. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Rob Pitts. Rob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know it, buddy. All right. Great to have you here. Rob Pitts is the owner of Pitts Truck Service in Greenville, South Carolina. This 40-year-old company has been providing truck and trailer repair for light service and to full overhauls for a long time. Last year, Rob started Hot Rods and Happy Hour. It's a monthly car event like the well-known cars and coffee events that take place across the country. But his event is a little different, and it's grown and maybe expanding to other states. Along with getting like-minded enthusiasts together to enjoy their cars, trucks, and motorcycles, Hot Rods and Happy Hours raises money to help children affected by autism. All the proceeds from their shirt sales and more go go towards helping children who suffer from this terrible disease. So Rob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business in Hot Rods and Happy Hour? I would love to, Mark. I'm a third generation hot rodder. You know, cars are a real big thing with my family. My grandfather actually started the Pitts Truck Service in 1968. And it's something that I'm very proud of. You know, it's that family thing. I mean, there's a lot of pride with that truck shop. You know, it's, 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 it's really nice. It's really good to work with people that, that my grandfather worked with, you know, back, you know, years, 20 years ago, 25 years ago that I'm still working with today. But like I said, you know, I run a family business, third generation running that, third generation hot rodder car enthusiast all the way through. A little side note, I did stand-up comedy for about seven years. All right, there you go. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that was a weird twist in there, but uh, it's kind of crazy how stand-up comedy helps you so much in your day-to-day. Oh, yeah, yeah, how to communicate with people and deal with situations. Oh, it takes customer relations to a whole other level. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> we can draw a crowd. You know, we do that. And like I said, I'm a, I'm an avid car guy. I'm a, I'm a super car guy. Every car event in town, you know, you name it, I'm going to it. Yeah. Every weekend, car shows, all that good stuff. Another big thing is, of course, the Hot Rods and Happy Hour. 
that's our little pet project we started. And actually, June's coming up on one year for Hot Rods and Happy Hour. All right. And in that year, we have grown by leaps and bounds. It's, it's insane how much this little idea that we had has took off. And, I mean, just see it sprout. It's awesome. And what's really great is the money that you raise for this event that goes towards helping kids and adults probably with autism. And we're going to learn a lot more about that and what you're doing in this the idea of expanding to other states with this event, which I think is fantastic, especially for the cause that you're helping there. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or the wrenches turning, in your case here at Garcia. So, Rob, take the wheel. I tell you, one quote that I have used my entire life, well done is better than well said. I like that. You know, everything starts as an idea, but I'll be honest with you, an idea will only take you so far. You got to, part of my fridge, you got to get off your ass every once in a while and make it happen. And that's, that's part of it is, is putting action to your idea and putting, you're know, putting that force behind it, putting the drive into it, mm-hmm. putting the car in gear. Yeah. You know, we've all met those people that have all these great ideas. And then you say, when are you going to start? How come you're not doing it? When is that going to happen? And they just never get off the dime. They just keep talking and talking. And that's a, a real detriment for entrepreneurs. It's great to have ideas, but you got to execute, right? Exactly. you got to be able to pull the trigger. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine for you going out on that stage the first time you did stand-up, it was uh, kind of like that. It's like, okay, now i got to do it. i got to walk my talk. That was, that was a very crazy moment in itself, how I even got into doing stand-up comedy. And I'm sure we'll touch base on that here in just a minute. Perfect. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? And you're a third-generation small business owner. You guys work on trucks. You take care of people. And trucks are, gosh, are the backbone of this country. I mean, trucks are how people get to work, how they get things done. They, they make it happen. They do get off that dime action. They do get well done. But is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life when you realize, uh-oh, I'm a car guy too? You know, Mark, there really wasn't a moment. I mean, it was almost like I was bored into it. I had no choice in this. <laughs> you know, like it or not, you're going to be a car guy. I mean, I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. You know, the shop, you know, we, we talk about the shop and I talk about the pride about it. You know, that shop was started in October of 1968. Wow. My grandfather started that. My talk about hot riding and truck shops, how they go hand in hand. My grandfather actually worked for a construction company paving asphalt roads. And he started working on their equipment because he was a hot rodder. He was always working on his cars, but he never fooled with the trucks that much. Uh-huh. And he started working on their trucks. The next thing you know, they built him a shop, and that's all he was doing was maintaining their equipment. Oh, wow. You know, he was off the road. Well, then he finally was like, he was like why do I want to work for them when I can work for myself? He took a $200 loan, $200 loan on a 65 Mustang Fastback. And keep in mind, this is the car they drove to church, the car they drove to the grocery store, and the car they took to the drag strip every week. Wow. Literally. And borrowed $200 and rented his first shot. Wow. And from there on, Pitch Truck Service has been open. Well, it sounds like entrepreneurship and the car guy lifestyle runs in your veins. So there's some... uh so maybe a 1040 weight oil in there somewhere, I think, uh, flowing, around, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. flowing around in your body. So what a great story. I love this stuff. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You know, being an entrepreneur, a business owner is fraught with challenges. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's all sorts of ups and downs and 
things you've got to face, but I would love for you to share a huge challenge or even better, a big failure that you've faced along the way. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome it and what did it teach you so you could move forward? Well, Mark, I'll be honest with you. You know, I've been very, very fortunate in business. Of course, I have the gift of gab. I mean, I love to talk. I love to sell. You know, I love dealing with customers. That's my favorite thing. That's probably the one thing I love more than cars is I love to talk. And I love, you know, just just being with people and just interfacing and going back and forth and learning about them. But, you know, in business, like I said, I've been very fortunate. But I have been dealt a few bad hands. And, uh, you know, and I was thinking about this question. And, you know, I went through a divorce and it really, really was a really bad divorce. And I'm not getting in graphic detail with this. But, you know, it was one of those Jerry Springer style deals. Uh Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, but you know what? That, That right there... Somebody told me something one time. He said, you're a rubber ball. The harder you get thrown down, the faster you bounce back up. You know, that's a great uh, analogy for business, too. And I've had lots of guests on the show that have been through divorce, uh, just the difficulties that a divorce brings. But let's get into this a little bit because the ability to bounce back, some people have it and other people don't. So what kind of insights can you provide for our listeners that don't quite have that elasticity that a hard rubber ball has that you seem to have, um, you know, how can you help somebody who doesn't quite get how to bounce back? They get caught in that depressive state or that down place, or how am I ever going to come out of this? Woe well, is me. No one's ever going to love me again. What do you pull out from underneath you to, to help you be a good bouncing rubber ball? Well, I, I tell you, the best advice I can give you is, you know, a lot of times you get dealt a hand no matter what you've done. You know, sometimes you're just going to lose. That's just part of life. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you truly don't lose if you learn from it mm. or if you better yourself from it. Yeah. And it took me a little while. It took me a few months to get my ground in and to get get the wheels in motion. Right. You know, it was kind of funny. I weighed over 350 pounds when I got my divorce. I was a big guy. Yeah. I weigh 200 pounds now. Yeah, you're you're not a giant guy now. So I mean, so I dropped, you know, I dropped 130 pounds, you know, went to the gym you know, I took over the truck shop the year after this. You know, we went from good sales to great sales, working with you know some of the largest trucking companies in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting pitch truck service on the map. Yeah. Um, you know, we're getting calls from national accounts, things like that. You know, just growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah. It even helped me. And we were talking about the stand-up comedy thing. And, you know, it's funny. Sense of humor is probably one of the best qualities I think an individual can have. Yeah. The healing power of comedy is unbelievable. Yeah. It's stronger than any drug out there, Mark. You know, it was so funny. You know, I'm out with my friends. You know, everybody, all your buddies want to come come to your side when you when you go through a situation like I did. And you're come on, you got to come out with us. And we went out one night, and they were having an open mic at a little rat hole bar. You know, and I didn't want you know I wasn't even really talking to anybody or anything. I was still just trying to find myself. Yeah. And they were having an open mic. And nobody was there to do it. And my buddy's like, come on, Rob, you know, you could do that. You know, you're, you're always telling jokes and all that stuff. Sure. So I get up on stage and about 10 minutes, I poke fun of everybody in the crowd. <laughs> Everybody's laughing and clapping. I, you know, I think nothing about it. I went back to the bar and grabbed my beer and, you know, went on with life. Yeah. Well, I had a guy that was there, this real big dude, you know, I didn't know who he was. And he goes, you're really funny. And I'm like, thanks. He said, give me your name and number. You're going to be hearing from me. Cool. Well, about six months later. He comes to find out he's a uh, producer for a radio program here in town for a very popular radio station. Nice. And they had their version of Last Comic Standing, basically. 
Uh-huh. And he called me the day before they were going to do it. I never did any more comedy between that time and when he called. Mm-hmm. He called me. He said, man, you're really funny. And he said, I lost your number, and I just found it. And I know it's short notice, but if you can be at the radio station at 7 o'clock in the morning, we're having a contest. And he explained it to me. And he said, we'd love to have you be a part of it. Oh, wow. So I didn't have anything on, so I went to the radio station. There was 87 other people there for that contest that morning. Oh, my gosh. Well, after about three days and numerous two-minute little sets and few you know, one-liners, I actually won it. <laughs> How cool is that? They uh, sponsored a comedy tour, and we went all over South Carolina, Western North Carolina, and into Northern Georgia, and all these little bars, touring around with their headliner, wow. and I was just opening that. So I went from doing no comedy to I had gigs every weekend, and you know, like a traveling gig. So that was kind of neat, and and that and that, that helped me so much, you know, just working with different people. And I mean, the very first time I ever told jokes in front of a crowd, there was two hundred people in front of me. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, if you can do that, I want to tell you something, Mark. You can do anything. <laughs> I've always heard that. Giving a speech or staying in front of a crowd is the most scary thing anybody could ever do. They'll take death over that, like, which is hard to believe, you know? <laughs> a big joke in the comedy biz is if you're a guitarist and you know what? You miss a chord. Most people never pick up on it. You just keep playing. You tell one bad joke, you're not shot. Yeah, yeah. You're it's only, hard to recover from that. You're only when as, you got, as good as your last joke. <laughs> exactly. And when you got 400 eyes staring right back at you, basically waiting on you to make them laugh, yeah. that's, that, that right there is intimidating. That's intimidation. That's pressure. You know, you touched on a couple really good things here. One is the ability to uh, laugh at yourself. Comedy is very therapeutic. I've had uh, uh, some great people on the show here that are great at comedy. One of them is Spike Ferriston. He's a comedy writer, a funny guy. And, you know, it's uh, it's important to be able to laugh. And the other is learning from what happened and moving forward and not blaming the other person, but realizing, okay, I had a part in this as well. How can I move forward with my life and uh, turn this around? So it sounds like you did a great job. Your your buddies can be commended for taking out and kind of pushing you up on stage that night. Sounds- oh, yeah. Sounds awesome. Let's shift oh, yeah. gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a an aha moment in your career. It's one of those times when the lights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this idea, this direction you had for your business. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. You know, and, and, the, and the thing is, I've always been a talker like we were talking about. I've always been a people person. I've always had that hustle. You know, I've always, I was that kid, you know, in middle school you know, most kids, they get sent to the principal's office because they were talking in class. And, you know, a guy that used to do stand-up comedy, he was the class clown. No, I was the guy that got sent to the office because I was selling candy. <laughs> or I was, or I was, you know, selling model cars or something in school. You know, I was the kid that carried two book bags with him. I had one with my school books, and I had one that was stocked with candy. I mean, I had a pretty good business going in middle school there. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was the only guy in middle school with an accountant. And... uh <laughs> But, you know, and then that grew, of course, in high school, you started driving, you know, it was so funny. And I joke about this all the time. You know, I started selling cars in high school, my junior, senior year, I sold eight cars in high school. I wasn't even old enough to have a car in my name yet. I could write my mother's name better than she could. (laughs) My mother owned cars. She never even knew. She never saw. (laughs) My gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, this is another great story. Very entrepreneurial. Obviously you got that you have the gift of gab of sales, but also the concept of working hard and being, I mean, how many kids are selling cars in high school? Not many. Exactly. I mean, small demographic there. 
Yeah, exactly. No, that's very cool. I love it. And I'm sure that those skill, those skills and talents carried forward to when you uh, started working for the family business as well. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just when you have that sales personality, I'll be honest with you, there's not a position in this world that sales doesn't play a part in it. Yes. So if you can sell yourself, I'll be honest with you, you sell anything. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? I think it's just overall with the, with the truck shop. You know, I've done a lot of things. I've worked for a lot of different people over the years. I've Like I said, I've sold a lot of cars and all that. But there's something about that pride when your name's on the front of the building. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking with your customers and, and they're talking to that guy that owns this place. And you know, kind of like, you know, a manager at a restaurant walks around from table to table and he says, you know, how was your meal tonight doing table touches? Yeah. Well, I do something similar to that. I go still see my local customers. I take two days a week and I will go see my customers and just touch base with them. Wow. Just so they, that, that connection's there, you know, they got you know, this goofy spiky haired guy coming in that's, you know, bringing donuts and like, hey, you know, how was your service? You we get your trucks out till you good enough? You know, everything's fine. Any right. questions? Yeah. But by doing that, though, you're fresh on their mind. So when they have a problem, they know they can talk to you. Or if you have a new service you're offering, or if you have a question or something you are concerned, you need to tell them. Yeah. It's they. You know, that connection's there. It's almost like you're not, they're not your customer, it's your friend. You know, this is really cool because I don't think I've ever had anybody that worked on my car bring me any donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a really astute. Sounds like to me, you need a better mechanic. <laughs> well, it's very astute of you to think that way. And obviously, you're dealing probably with more business people and their business trucks. So B and B is kind oh, of yeah. different than direct to consumer. But it's a very astute of you to do that because I can't. I don't. Th- I can't think of anyone else in your business that does that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't. But and it's but it's you know, and it eats a lot of time. Okay. It really does. And sometimes it gets so aggravating because, you know, you have things you want to do, but you know what? I need to go see my customers because, I mean, without them, there's no pitch truck service. It's a brilliant idea. You know, there's a a great book that comes to mind when you bring this up by Carl Sewell. I'm not sure if you've ever read it. It's called Customers for Life. Actually, I have read it. Yeah. Good book. There you go. Very good Yeah, book. I figured you probably knew who he was. Very successful in car sales, and he set the bar very high for car dealerships and for how to deal with your customers, treat your customers, all the way down to the little candy bowl when they have to pay the repair bill so that, that that sting of paying to have their car fixed is a little sweeter with that touch of candy. So That's right. <laughs> very nice. Well, let's have a little fun here. You talked about selling, buying, and selling all these cars when you were young. Let's talk about your first, and I'll emphasize first, really special car. Could you tell us what that car was and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle? Oh, yeah. You know, I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. You know, I had a steady job, and I decided I saved my money, and I decided I wanted to buy my first collector car, my first old car. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had you know, limited funds. You know, I wasn't walking around with a Barrett-Jackson budget, <laughs> and... uh my dad actually found a 1963 Falcon Sprint. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Mark, when I seen it, it was the ugliest car I ever saw in my life. <laughs> kind of a little old lady looking car. Well, and that's the thing. It was a little two-door hardtop, and it was baby blue, and it had a little set of 14.7 American Racing Torque Thrust mags on it. Oh. You know, but, but there's one thing about it that totally changed my mind on this car. He opened the hood, and it had a 289 solid lift, uh, R-code Mustang motor with three deuces and a four-speed, and a little 63 Falcon. Then, you know what? The baby blue Falcon was growing on me. Yeah, I'll bet. 
<laughs> that car got tortured. We drove it. I drove it to car shows. I drove it on dates. I drove it everywhere. And that little single traction, literally, the 14-inch tires that I burnt through one at a time <laughs> on that car. Oh, but it was a ball. I had a blast with that car. And that car, you know, I've had so much good luck with collector cars and older cars. That car actually was the down payment on my first house two years later. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you know, that leads me to my next question, which can be a little sad. The seller's remorse question here on Cars. Yeah. Oh. What was that vehicle you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage today? Well, actually, I'm shifting gears a little bit on this. We did a little bit of trading, and I got an ACI convertible Corvette. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard of one of those. ACI. Tell us about that. They made them only a few years, and there was like a double handful really ever made. Mm -hmm. ACI was a company in Ohio, and basically they were like a conversion van company. Um, more or less, you know, they did you know all the custom vans in the 70s. Well, they also did convertible conversions. Okay. On cars that didn't come convertible. Well, in the early 80s, you know, your 80, 81, 82 Corvettes, they didn't offer a convertible Corvette. Right. Well... You could spend an extra $5,000, and they would send your car to Ohio, and they would basically cut your new Corvette in half and put a 75-back clip on it oh. and turn it into a convertible. Wow. And it would be a warranty. And I, I bought one of those cars. And they were really jazzed up. I mean, it was a little more than a convertible conversion. They actually even, they even had a turbo, a turbo kit that you could actually order to go with it. There was different levels. You know, a lot of them came with body kits and flared. And, and I mean, it was crazy. I mean, you get them with mags and it's just to the next level. I mean, you can go from everywhere from a convertible Corvette to Corvette Summer. And the thing that's crazy was it was a $5,000 option for just the convertible conversion. It was a $10,000 car. Yeah. That's... I mean, that was like almost buying it again. Yeah. Very and expensive. If I'm not mistaken, I think less than 150 were ever made. Oh, wow. Done. I actually got one of these cars, and of course, you know, old Corvettes never die. They just get more fiberglass plastered on them, and they get painted and, <laughs> you know, whatnot. And I ended up in some horse trade, and I got this car. It was a 1980 Corvette L82, you know, really not the big horsepower cars or anything like that. It was flared, you know, and it was, I mean, it was wide. I mean, literally, it was lane to lane wide. It looked like a SCCA car wow. going down the road. And, uh, and, of course, you know, I put my touches on it, you know, we had... 20 by 10s on on the front and we had 20 by 12s on the back and it was all under and the car was lowered down and it was bright red black top you know black in size and had late model c6 or c5 corvette seats nice and uh you know it was it was a neat car and it handled good and it ran okay and we did a little motor work to it we built the motor in it and that car i probably put thirty thousand miles on that car wow. you know when i went through when i went through my divorce i mean i drove it to the grocery store you know, and then when I got a good, I got another daily. I was driving it, you know, to car shows and stuff. Yeah, you know, and of course, you know, young, a new new bachelor out on the prowl. What's better than a bright red Corvette to be riding around in? <laughs> danger, you know? danger, danger, danger! Lock up your wives and daughters. Yeah, <laughs> well, but that car went away. So yeah, know. and that and I sold that car, and I tell you, I followed that car all over the country. Uh, it went back to Florida. It went to Iowa, and now it's in California. Wow. That car is. And, and it's so funny because everywhere that car goes, I always end up finding out who the next owner was. Oh, and I'll have to talk to them and, and see what they've done with it, you know. And, yeah. But I, I still check on my baby from time to time. <laughs> I like it. Check on my baby. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening today. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what you're doing with Hot Rods 
and happy hour. And, and that's how we initially connected, learned about this. We talked a little bit, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners what it's all about, and especially the fact that the money that you raise from it, from the sales of your shirts and hats and all the different things that you have, go towards helping uh, people with autism. Oh, yeah. Hot Rods and Happy Hour was one of those deals that, that uh, actually, and you know, not to step on any toes, we were actually at a Cars and Coffee event mm-hmm. here in town. And, and Cars and Coffee is a great event. I love Cars and Coffee. I go Every time I'm in town, I go to it. You know, a lot of your cars and coffee events, you know, it's more for the uh, the exotic cars, the European cars and things like that. Some of the hot rod guys were feeling left out, a little bit of it. And, you know, I'm a hot rod guy. I mean, that's 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 my roots. Is the hot, I love all cars, but I mean, but that's my heart. Right. You know, I've got a really good friend of mine who's extremely talented, probably one of the most talented graphic designers I've ever seen in my life. The boy can draw anything and make it look gorgeous. He's just that guy, and he's a hot rodder too. And Let, let's give him a shout out. What's his name? Robert Pettit. Robert, there you go. Robert is the guy that makes hot rods and happy hour look good. All right. He's my right hand man, one hundred and ten percent. But you know, we were at a show and we were talking about it, and he's like, "Man, we could do this so much better." Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, there's just so. I mean, you know, we need to, we need to cater to our crowd, and and Robert, you know, he's that guy that you can't miss him. You know, he's a big dude and. You know, and he's just loud and always having a good time. And, and his cars, his car choices is what kills me. This man will walk right past a 32 Ford Roadster and look at a 91 Capri station wagon <laughs> and just be in love with it. We actually call him Odd Rod. And, <laughs> and, 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 and like, you know, if it's four-door and bastard, he loves it. You know, if it's anything remotely popular, he'll walk right past it. So we got to talking and... Uh, you know, we're like, you know, a lot of people complain about cars and coffee being too early. So we said, we're going to do something at night, you know, like a traditional cruise in. Right. But we kind of want to put our spin on it. So Robert sitting in my kitchen starts drawing around and my girlfriend actually helped me come up with hot rods and happy hour. The name, she said, I got one for you. We need to have a hot rods and happy hour. That's what we need. <laughs> you know, she said, that's one I actually like to go to. Yeah. You know, so we kind of took that name and Robert started kind of penciling around on a napkin yep. and he came up with our first logo. Cool. And, you know, it was just magical. And then, of course, he cleans it up. And, and it's just, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, you know, and just, just right off the bat. And then next thing you know, we start making plans and talking to different restaurants, trying to find the right fit for, you know, the event we were wanting to put on. Mm-hmm. And we did. Next thing you know, I mean, you know, our first show was 100 cars. And every show after that, it's just gradually grew because of his graphic designing skills. I mean, our merchandise, our show flyers and merchandise look like national event stuff. So you actually have car show T-shirts that people would wear and actually want to buy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like our last event, we sold 200 shirts. Wow, cool. In three hours. So, and I mean, that's just more money for autism, you know. Right. So that that's a great thing, you know. Like I said, hats. I mean, we have five different shirts out this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this is our first. We're just literally next month will be our first full year in, you know, Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And we have, you know, five shirts in our merch. We have two different hats. I mean, we just keep adding stuff. Yeah. Because the more stuff you got, obviously, the more money you can make for autism. You know, it's really great. And I love what you guys are doing. The fact that you not only have created this uh, venue, this uh, event that happens, it's growing, but you're uh, raising money for a great cause and helping people. And that, oh, yeah. that just makes it even better. So absolutely spectacular. I love it. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Rob. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a, <laughs> I know what car I would like to be. Yeah, this is more about how you perceive yourself, though, if you really look in the mirror. You know, 
really and truthfully, I'd, I'd probably see myself as a mid-60s muscle car, Chevelle, uh-huh. something like that. My big thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of the jack of all trades. You know, I'm that guy, mechanically inclined. And I can do so many different things, but the one thing that I do well is perform, and that's like a muscle car. There you go. You know, so so I got the utility, but I got the performance too. So I guess I guess I could see myself as being an old Chevelle. There's worse things. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Cool car. Well, Rob, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice i use them on all my vehicles and your special vehicles will love them too learn more today at covercraft.com and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Cars Yeah. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253 253- 722 plan or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders or 12 or 16 securities through money concepts capital corp member finra sipic okay rob we're back and we're entering the last lap and i'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Oh, yeah. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Yes, kiss. I love that. (laughs) Yes, sir. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? You know what, Mark? I believe the best habit that I've ever had that's helped me so much in life is I've never met a stranger. Ah, and you, you will not believe how many times that random encounter with somebody that you didn't know that now that's the man that that's your go to guy for this or you're making a connection with somebody or, you know, just like those table touches we were talking about and going and seeing customers. You know, that person now they know you. And, and that's my thing. I love talking to people. And just learning. I mean, you'd be surprised what you pick up when you shut your mouth and listen every once in a while. It's crazy. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You know, I do a weekly blog here for subscribers on Cars Yeah. And just last month, my blog was about that. I titled it Oily Fingerprints. But the focus was that every time you meet somebody, you leave your signature on them. So 
be very careful how you treat them and what you say to them because you leave a signature, you leave a mark. So I'm glad you said that. Yes, sir. How about a resource? Is there one resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you like a lot? Well, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of cars, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's very nice of you. I'll make sure I get that 20 bucks to you in the mail, okay? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Make make that check payable to yes, Rob uh, Pitts. <laughs> but, <laughs> Rob Pitts. Uh, Better yet, your uh, your event. Yeah, hot rods and happy hour. We'll make that a donation. That would be better. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. The uh, uh, you know Jalopy Journal. Ah, yes. Ham. I I love the traditional hot rod stuff. Those guys, you know, that's that's really neat. And I mean that I had a thirty two forward, so I got suckered into that. That little click and yeah. and I, and I do I love it. it's just entertaining to listen to some of those guys and a lot of them are on my Facebook now we talk all the time but yeah that's a really good one too for people in the hot rod hobby and stuff. there you go now how about a book is there a book that you've read that you think the car shadow listeners would enjoy cracking open and reading as well I tell you Mark I got a book that I think every car guy should have oh yeah and actually it's a, it's a it's a series of books uh the old car nut book by David Dickinson oh David you know David huh. Yes, I do. Actually, I've submitted some stories to him before. My grandfather's drag racing stories for his books. Oh, cool. Super cool guy. And I love those books are a must have for any car guy. I love hearing the stories. And, you know, I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned David. I met him a while back. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest. I've had the pleasure of meeting him at a car show, a local show here in Gig Harbor. One of my stories is in his traveling book, a story about a drive I took with my son when he was eight years old. So, uh, awesome. Yeah, very cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. David will be happy to hear that. Isn't it crazy all the mutual friends you have? I mean, we're on two total different sides of the country. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's awesome. That's what I love about this hobby. Though. Cars, yeah. Everybody's your friend. That's absolutely true. Well, you can find links to all these great resources Rob's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Rob or Robert Pitts, P-I-T-T-S, into the search bar. That page will pop up with quick, easy links. And there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books, where these great books by David Dickinson and all the other past guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here, Rob. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but I'll buy you any car on the planet. Don't worry about the price because I'll buy it for you. It's no big deal. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? One car. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one. That's a hard one for a guy that has multiple hot rods and multiple toys. You know, it's like. You can only play with one? Yeah, just one. I'm sorry. That's all I can afford. You know, I had over 500 guests. This is getting expensive. That's what I was about to say. One car. You know what it'd be? The Corvettes are so close to my heart. I know I touched base on the C3 earlier. My dad's a diehard Corvette guy. He loves mid-year vets, Uh 63, 67 cars, and uh, especially the big block cars. And, you know, me and my dad, we've spent lots of time under the hood of of C2 Corvettes. So, you know... And I'm a sentimental kind of guy. Things like that kind of hit home with me. Uh-huh. If I had one car, I had to keep it. It would have to be nice 66, 67 big block bed. I'm not picky. Uh, you're not picky. Very cool. <laughs> I love it. Let's see. 66, 67. Hmm. Okay, let's narrow it down. They were kind of the same, but there's a few changes. So yeah, you, there's a few differences in them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe we'll go with the 66, Route 66. I think that all works together pretty cool, so. Very nice. I love it. Well, Rob, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. 
You are a great guy, very personable guy. I love what you're doing with your Hot Rods and Happy Hour and helping out autism. Absolutely brilliant idea. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Car Shout listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the drag strip in that Corvette, that (laughs) 66 big block Corvette? Oh, man. I tell you, you know, the best thing I can tell you is do what you love and the rest will come. Yes. Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about your truck business and about what you're doing with Hot Rods and Happy Hour? All right, Mark. I'm glad you asked. Uh, If you want to know more about the truck shop, you can look us up on the interwebs at pitchtruckservice.com. The uh, Hot Rods and Happy Hour right now, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and we actually have a website that we're actually, we're revamping it because, you know, we're talking about expanding to other states. Yeah. So now we're actually building the site for more of a local thing to make it where it's more nationally, it's going to work out better. All right. So, but like I said, Hot Rods and Happy Hour, you search it on Facebook, you will come right to our page that has all our events. You know, they can look at all the show shirts, everything. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage you to, uh, you know, spend a few bucks, buy a shirt and a hat, have some fun, wear it to your local car show. People go, where have you been? Been to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. You got to check it out, too. Love it. The money will go towards helping a great cause. All the money goes towards the cause. So uh awesome, awesome thing that you're doing there. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything Rob shared with us on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Rob in that search bar. That page will pop up with quick, easy links. Hey, Rob, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Take care, sir. You bet. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.